Hey, potential podcast listeners. If you think you might be feeling depressed, stressed, anxious, or overwhelmed, then our sponsor, BetterHelp, is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. You can talk to your therapist in a private, safe, online environment at your convenience. There's a broad range of expertise with BetterHelp's 20,000-plus therapist network that gives you access to help that may not be available in your area. All you do is simply fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in just under 48 hours. After that, you can schedule secure video and phone sessions. Plus, you can exchange unlimited messages, and everything you share is completely confidential. Join the over 3 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Our listeners will get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com potential. That's betterhelp.com slash potential. Once again, that's 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com potential. Take charge of your mental health with BetterHelp. And remember, know your potential. Hey, potential podcast listeners, let's talk about today's sponsor, Let's Get Checked. Let's Get Checked makes professional health testing easy by letting you get tested without having to visit a healthcare provider. You can order a testing kit that will be delivered to you in discreet packaging. Once your sample arrives in the laboratory, confidential results will be available from your secure online account within two to five days. These results are reviewed by a clinician, and a member of the Let's Get Checked nursing team may call you to review your results. And Let's Get Checked laboratories are CLIA approved and CAP accredited, which are the highest ranking levels of accreditation. So, if you want to avoid an uncomfortable office visit or prefer the convenience and get tested at home, visit trylgc.com potential and get 25% off your test using code POTENTIAL25. Once again, that's 25% off your test by going to trylgc.com potential using the promo code POTENTIAL25. Take charge of your physical health and well-being and let's get checked. Talking all things entertainment, pop culture, and nerdum. This is the Potential Podcast. Potential Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Potential Podcast. Here, as always, your host, I'm Taylor Sokol, and joined by ever my. Uh, Feel like I've been friends since we were kids. My partner in uh, podcast crime, Chris Dewar. And uh, it's good to be back here. Uh, how are we doing today, Chris? Doing good, man. Here we are. Uh, you know, March is just about to wrap up and we're, we're heading into April. So, uh, you know, spring, we're in the spring season now. It has sprung. It has sprung. Uh, so excited to see, you know, continue to get warm weather and uh, very exciting news we got here over in California. I'm starting to see this in a bunch of states now. You know, for a while now with the vaccine rollout, it has been based off age or if you're a frontline worker or, you know, a medical condition. But now a lot of states are expanding to, uh, you know, adults over a certain age or just full on adults. So here in California, we just got news that uh, starting April 15th, all adults 16 and up will be able to get the vaccine. So that's great news that uh, they're really starting to branch out uh, again, looking at the plan that hopefully every adult that can be vaccinated by May 1st uh, is starting to feel like more and more reality. So it looks like summer could be a little more open, which is uh, pretty exciting. Uh, is there any updates in Pennsylvania? Well, they expanded it. I got, I got the offer to do it because um, my BMI is really high. So basically, I'm overweight. Uh, so that's nice. Mm. <laughs> so bring on the chubbies. Um, so I'm uh, I my family. By the time this episode comes out, I'll have my first dose of the vaccine, which will be great. Oh, nice. Um, so that's coming up. And then uh, I know my dad, uh, by the time I've recorded this, he just got his first dose and everything went well. It was very quick. So I will say Pennsylvania has been doing a very good job with everything um, I'm there. So 
hopefully within the next week or so, I will be have my two doses of what I'm getting, and I'll be happy to do that. Of course, still wearing mask. And you'll have you'll have safe. one dose, and then you have to wait a few weeks, and then you get your second dose. That's exactly. how it works. Too. <laughs> yes. Well, I, but, I don't um, know. I, I'm just showing up and see what happens. Yeah, so. you just uh, show up, and they're going to give you a placebo, and you're going to. I think I've got it. They said um, shots, and I thought something different. So yeah, <laughs> that's why. But uh, no, it's just exciting to see that uh, all states are really taking the action to get this going, so that you know the more people that are vaccinated, the quicker the numbers will go down the more things will open back up, which is very exciting, especially with, you know, summer coming up. And again, we do want to have a more open, safe summer than we did last year. Now, before we kind of go into our topic today, just want to mention a few little news items we got. Um, this is just, it, it continues to baffle me with this. It just feels like they keep throwing this movie around and it's like, I, I'm starting to lose even more interest in it. Uh, Disney has officially announced that Black Widow has been pushed back to July. So this is now like the fourth time I feel like it's been moved. You know, it was supposed to come out in May of the last year, and now it's been pushed and pushed and pushed. And it will be officially launched in theaters and Disney Plus via the Premier Access. Uh, so this is this is a pretty big move, being this the first Marvel movie that they're going to be doing this with. So far, of course, we've had Mulan and Raya and the Last Dragon. So I just feel like I'm so just kind of over Black Widow already. I feel bad because I feel like this is a movie that was going to start the phase four films and it just keeps being pushed back and pushed back. And I'm just I've lost the hype for it. Really, I think, I think also the fact that this movie should have come out years ago before um, the Infinity yes. War movies. And I think that's the problem is those movies ended in spoiler warning. Uh, Black Widow uh, perished in Endgame. So her character, it's it's. It's not a continuation of the movies. It's kind of in between cool um, yeah. sequel, sort of kind of to Civil War and her story. And don't get me wrong, I'm really excited about it. But yeah, I know what you're saying. It has diminished. And the fact that that got moved and switched up. And I'm excited and interested to see how Cruella does. But Cruella to get the May release before Black Widow, I feel like you want to have a big movie to kick off the summer. And it shouldn't yeah, be it feels enough. like it's backwards in that sense. And then that also meant that Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, which was supposed to come out in July, has now been pushed to September. So the crazy thing will be we'll have July, Black Widow, September, Shang-Chi. I believe Eternals is still due for November. And then you know, around Christmas time, we will get Spider-Man 3. So uh, just kind of crazy to see how that lineup's going to go. And I think right now, uh, Venom 2 is still due for the summer and Morbius is in October. So we still do have a lot of movies coming up. I'm just getting so tired of them pushing them back. But we have exciting things, you know, this week. Uh, Godzilla versus Kong is coming out and then Mortal Kombat's coming up. So still plenty of things to look forward to. To whet our nerdy appetite. <laughs> the more, I mean, let me tell you, uh, at this point, well, I'm sure by the time this episode comes out, you'll have actually watched it. But um, watching the Snyder Cut the other day, it just gave me such good, you know, vibes yeah, about that's what you're saying. kind of, I, mm -hmm. I needed that superhero fix that we haven't had for a while. And I mean, we've had WandaVision and now Falcon Winter Soldier, but it just felt so good to have that kind of a uh, big superhero movie experience, epic. you know, yeah. superhero epics. So looking forward to more of those. Um, the other bit of news that just kind of, it came out recently and it kind of, I think it's just, again, it's like, I don't know what's going to happen here. Um, you know, for a while now, we know that this flash movies coming up starring Ezra Miller and there was been heavily, you know, it's already been talked about that Michael Keaton was supposed to return as Batman in that film. And now we're getting reports that he may not actually do it he's getting some concerns about covid and filming um and i think like that that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to hurt the film it just like that was already such a big hyped return yeah. to have him so i hope he does stay on or at least they can have him in some way shape or form but uh i think you and i are both in agreement but we're still just hoping that michael keen at some point will come back to do a batman beyond movie I think that would be awesome because I, I, I would think you know, that a live action Batman Beyond would be really great um, to do. Um, especially even just on HBO Max, if it's just, you know, like a straight to, you know, streaming movie uh, or, you know, whatever that case may be. Or if they be. want to do a limited series, I would be, I would be, yeah. I would be done for that. Um, and especially I would love to see more with Mark Hamill if he could kind of bring um, even a, his Joker to the live screen. I think that would be kind of cool. Yeah. You, you never, never say never. Never say never. Now. Speaking of the big screen, little mm -hmm. screen, any screen, really, you know, we here at Potential Podcast, we love movies, we love TV shows, and 
to think, you know, how many movies and TV shows in your life you've watched and probably something you've, you've, you know, never really thought to talk about unless you're really discussing it is, you know, of course, every project has to have actors. Mm-hmm. And a lot of things have to have child actors, have to have actors it's, that are uh, younger. As my, as my second grade drama teacher said, there are no small parts, only small actors. <laughs> and that is true, because usually they are shorter. Uh, but um, so we thought, you know, Taylor thought of a good idea to talk about child actors. You know, there are so many that have famously gone on to continue into adult careers. And there's also the sad stories. You know, this is a bit of a sad episode in some ways that you know plenty of child actors that uh, don't really have a success story that when they get into adulthood whether it's due to drugs or alcohol or you know it's a very risky profession almost more than a firefighter it sounds silly to say that but you're right and i think it's changed and we're going to talk about this that obviously it's changed over time but the life of a child actor and the history of child actors has gone back a long long time um mm-hmm. not as obviously as long as you know uh, the days of of when plays were first created in the greek times and but in terms of this big screen i think it's been very interesting to see the history of how it's changed and the like you said the success stories and a little bit more of the sadder stories indeed so of course if you're going to talk about child actors you have to start off with one of the most prominent child actors of you know, that kind of golden age of old Hollywood. And that, of course, is of Shirley Temple. So just touching on Shirley Temple real quick. If you don't know who Shirley Temple is, there's just you, you, there's something wrong with you, in my opinion. It's just hard to think you've ever not seen even just a clip of her, whether it be some kind of old montage of old Hollywood films or, you know, a dance number. I mean, even in, to this day, there's still commercials uh, for products where they'll use a clip of her dancing in something. Uh, but she was such a big mainstay for a long time. And she did a total of 29 films, I believe. To, you know, she didn't she didn't work really into her adult life. She, you know, really her her big thing was her that childhood years where she was really known for this kind of cute little dancer, singer, you know, Shirley Temple. That was her thing. Um, I'll never forget animal crackers in, in my soup. soup. Oh, it's, it's classic. Yeah. The cool thing about her is to see that even though she was this notable actress when she was young, she went on to do a lot of uh, work as a diplomat. Uh, She got to go on to be not only, she was the United States ambassador to Czechoslovakia for a time. She was the chief of protocol of the United States. And she was also an ambassador to Ghana. So (laughs) pretty, you know, this is something that's not uh, uncommon. We've seen other, actors that have gone into politics and things like that but um pretty impressive to see that she she did quite a lot outside of just television and film after she you know was a big star and of course pretty cool to think that uh i i would imagine that the drink is named after her a shirley temple (laughs) i would think so well it's uh it's the adult for beverage for kids (laughs) yeah so but uh notably yeah I think when you think of child actor, she's one of the I first mean, yeah, you think I mean, of just because she is the iconic classic, you know, star of that. Another one I want to talk about just because it seems like he's he he seems like ageless in a way. Um, and it seems like such a different period of his life to think of his work now and really what he's been most known for now is Ron Howard. Mm-hmm. Ron Howard is, you know, this notable director and producer who has made some of the biggest and best movies in the last, you know, 30 years, really. His his big start really was he was a kid actor and got into teenage acting. And then he still does every now and then, you know, I mean, probably most notably Arrested Development is his last role on-screen acting type role. But you think of him as a kid, I, I of course, think of The Music Man, the movie. He played Winthorpe, which is special to me because when I was a kid, I played that part in the musical when I got to do that as a kid. Um, But then, of course, the Andy Griffith show. Mm -hmm. He was the kid on that show, and he did that for a long time. You know, that was multiple years of doing that show. And to think of him, you know, his dad was a director as well and did, like, movie stuff. And so just, you know, it's family business. And now seeing that Bryce Dallas Howard, his daughter, has continued that tradition of an actress into directing 
you know, she's been doing more of that notable behind the camera work, which is incredible. Yeah, he's definitely had one of the biggest uh, continued success stories from childhood into his profession now, again, being, you know, referred to as one of the best directors of all time. So Ron Howard definitely uh, has had a great, you know, career in the screen work type stuff. So, uh, yeah, got to give a shout out to Ron Howard. And then I think more what was kind of a really cool thing, you know, transitioning that we would see in the you know, 60s and 70s and 80s was a big call for uh, the sitcom era. I mean, this is a huge time for when the family sitcoms were coming out. And I think that's when we saw that was kind of prime real estate, so to speak, for uh, child actors to to go on, especially for a gig like that, where it's not just like one movie, where they're having multiple episodes. And I think some of, uh, I think the most notable, you think of uh, the Brady Bunch kids. I mean, mm-hmm. what a what a roster of, of, of kids and family that they had for that. I grew up watching a lot of the reruns, as you did, Chris, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. So growing up, I mean, that's part of a, this American cultural icon. And this that was the first Zoom, uh, if you see, think about the opening credits. True. Think, yeah. think of that that iconic nine TV camera kind of vision where they're all looking at each other and stuff. That is what we're used to now all the time with Zoom. Uh, kind of funny to think that's been a throwback. But yeah, those that classic story of the I have three boys and the three girls in different ages. And, and yeah, that, you know, TV, when it became more prominent really was these, these families being in families, living rooms every week. You know, this is something that we're so used to now with streaming. We have access to so many shows, but especially in that time era, it was a lot of like, this is the family and this is the family aspect in your home. You think of um, family ties or, uh, you know, shows like um you know you have like the jeffersons or the cosby show or like all in the family so many, and, yeah. on the family some of these shows that are all you know it's a family and that's that has continued of course into uh the 90s uh, you look at things like full house was a big show about this huge family look at the olsen twins and you know speaking of the olsen twins for a second i mean think of a huge prominent career as two very iconic young child actors that not only was full house but they had all these you know straight to vhs movies mary kate and nancy olsen go you know to paris and it takes two and all those yeah and then yeah continuing into kind of their older movies and then just hitting this dead wall where they just don't work like they used to and it's because, I mean, really, this is where we kind of can talk about some of the, you know, the, the struggles, I would assume, when it comes to being And this, you know, think of think of Full House and the Olsen twins time. This is all really pre the Internet. So think of the fame that comes with pre-internet, which is still pretty impressive to think about, you know, probably the money they had, how well known they were. And, you know, now they're kind of just more like you know, I'd say model types, I guess, in a way, that's what they're kind of looked at, but, you know, eating disorders and probably uh, a lot of struggles with uh, body image and then struggles with, uh, you know, okay, are they only really loved as actors because they were these cute little kids? And like once, you know, as with many child actors, once you hit a certain age, are you still viable in this, in this industry? Well, you know? taking a little backtrack a little bit about that, uh, going back to the seventies, think about okay. one very prominent child actor or actress. We got to think about who has been very successful to this day. Look at Jodie Foster mm-hmm. starting at the age of three. Um, and obviously her big three, wow. three I know, uh, which was in this movie, Tom Sawyer, 1973, but her big break, I would say not big break, but, most prominent thing of her youth was taxi driver yep and uh think about again that film still to this day with her and and robert de niro it's such an iconic film that she would work and and receiving her first academy award nomination at the age of 13 like a child prodigy this actress and she was really smart because then she took a break and decided to go to school she went to schooling um, and she had the successful transition into adult roles when she would go on before the age of 30, winning two Academy Awards, 
and all these very successful films, of course, we know like Sounds of the Lambs, uh, Contact, Maverick, mm-hmm. and really establishing, establishing herself, excuse me, as one of the more and most accomplished actresses of her time. And, you know, still to this day, she has gone on to do TV, go, transition to TV roles, uh, like, like House of Cards, you know, Orange is the New Black, uh, Black Mirror. It's it's amazing seeing that success story where, and this was, again, pre-internet, where you, mm-hmm. I mean, people were glued to their screens when they had TV, but movies were the thing that's, and it was all word of mouth. But you would, you would know these people, but not as identifiable as they were. But it depended, on, I think, and a lot of these success stories we'll talk about, it depends on the parents, it depends on the kid, it, it, it's it's a mix of nature versus nurture. I mean, you could go over all the psychological debates about this, but to see that great thing where there's either the transition where they continue to go on to do stuff, take a break, going to schooling, and then some, they just kind of melt into obscurity, where we, we really never hear from them again, and um, I think it can be unfortunate, but for some of them, I think it was... A personal choice that they they did what they wanted to do and they really didn't want to be part of the limelight anymore yeah very true uh and it does come down to a lot of factors of you know clearly as films and tv are much more realistic as opposed to like like you know when you go see a stage play sometimes they'll have a, a, a shorter adult or like you know they could have a young you know, young adult female that will play like a male kid or a female kid, you know, it's more, you kind of buy into that. Of course, when it comes to films and TV, it's the realism that we're expecting. So you do need to have, you know, kids of the proper age to play around, you know, obviously in Hollywood, sometimes you can be a little older than you're playing. Well, like the high school kids, every time the high school, they're always in their twenties, you know, twenties or thirties, you know, which it makes sense. But I want to talk about uh, going on to Mary Badham, who, is most notable for playing Scout in the To Kill a Mockingbird film from 1962. Oh, wow. At that time, she was 10 years old, and she was the youngest person at that time nominated for an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress. This was her first movie. <laughs> so, like, you know, you have to you look at the impressiveness of she had had no acting experience beforehand. She got cast in this movie with, of course, the great Gregory Peck. Still, you know, one of the best movies of that kind of classic american uh filmography and of course this great book which we got to go see uh the newest aaron sorkin version on broadway which was really exciting um you know that she only really did about kind of seven eight other little things here but she didn't really go on to have this impressively long film career uh but still amazing to think of someone like that who just kind of got into acting and then starts you know you get an Academy Award nomination for your first ever movie. I mean, it's it's just an impressive story right there. So I had to give it a shout out to her. Oh, for sure. And another one that I think is kind of fun to talk about because we we've we've discussed it last season. Um, we discussed the movie at least. Uh, but thinking of okay, Danny Lloyd, who played Danny Torrance in the film The Shining. You know, this is a very iconic movie. A lot of his uh, his looks and the red ram and him on the bike. There's a lot of moments that are very you know iconic and you you remember from that movie. Apart from of course Jack Nicholson and uh, Shelley Duvall, but this is another interesting story where he had really no acting experience and he was cast purely because he had a very good he could really concentrate for extended periods of time. And that character, you look at that character being someone that has to really has all these focus moments and stuff. And so again, interesting that he was cast only did really like two other things. He didn't really act. He ended up becoming a professor uh, at the department of biology in this uh, college in Elizabethtown, Kentucky. So he, you know, he didn't stay on with acting. He went on to become a professor. So kind of an interesting story there with uh, Danny Lloyd from the shining. We're moving ahead of several years, but like I said, folks, we're going to go back and forth on this. There's so much to talk about. But thinking about one of the most iconic films of all the time and to a performer who still to this day is is killing it, and we've seen a, kind of a real big surge of his career, is that of Henry Thomas, who many of you will be very familiar with, who played Elliot, Elliot, ouch, from E.T. That was a horrible impression. I apologize. And... <laughs> 
uh, for, for that film, I mean, you think of the first screen test. I remember watching, going back and seeing the documentary, and I was like, this this kid's on fire. And then to not really see him in much after, but then he has gone on in the last, what would you say, maybe, you know, 10 years, he's really kind of come back on not only the big screen, but also he's been on uh, streaming shows, and particularly with the... Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't think he, he really didn't really stop working, if you will, but really he's become, he's almost kind of had like a new renaissance uh, especially in horror shows, you know, he's been used in Dr. Sleep and, uh, you know, the the Haunting of Hill House and Blind Manor. So he definitely has been used a lot more lately. But this is still an impressive story of thinking, you know, he auditioned for E.T., his audition tape. You could actually watch on YouTube the, the amount of uh, emotion he could put into a scene, which is why Spielberg cast him. And it's still notably one of the best child performances in a movie i mean this is et really is this like all-time great film and the amount of heart he had to have in that movie of this kid who bonds with this life form and you know it is a weird it's one of those like spielberg kind of weird eerie movies at points and i think he just really he he was just a perfect casting for that and speaking of that movie we had another little uh, actress in we had an actress in that movie that uh, went off to do many many films and that was Drew Barrymore, uh, little Drew Barrymore being the sister in that movie. What's great about Barrymore, side note, is her family is a, a long history of acting. You think about yes. her grandfather, Lionel Barrymore, famous for playing Mr. Potter in It's a Wonderful mm-hmm. Life. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Drew Barrymore. Like, what an iconic role for her, for her big kind of breakout role, really. Yeah. And I mean, you think, you know, she went on to really become this huge star, especially in the 90s and early 2000s, you know, Um She's taking more of a backseat now. I mean, now she has kind of her, her little talk show she does. Um, so she's not really acting as much as she did. But I mean, she's been acting since she was like three. She's had this huge, long, prominent film career. But she has had her battles, you know, I think Barrymore definitely was someone that she's had her issues with drugs and other things. But, you know, at least she seems to be in a better place now and has come out, uh, which is which is pretty cool to see. So next time I talk about a pair of brothers that are really, um, again, huge parts of pop culture, uh, both have still gone on to have pretty prominent careers outside of their childhood, but that is a Fred and Ben Savage. Uh, ben Savage, of course, most famous for playing Corey Matthews on Boy Meets World, and then eventually got to come back to play that in the sequel, Girl Meets World. Uh, I mean, think of that show. That show ran for seven years. And I feel like that's one of those shows that really was uh, a show you grew up with. You know, it was, it was, you know, a show you'd watch. You know, it's so it's so unique when you see very similar in a way to like, I'd say, a uh, style of like the Harry Potter films. And that when those kids started that, you know, him and uh, you think of um, what's her name? Uh, we have Ryder Strong. Uh, you have... Danielle Fischel, you know, mm-hmm. Topanga. A lot of those actors, you know, they were so young when they started that show. And by the time the show had ended, it was them like finishing college, getting married, having babies. I mean, like, we that's a show you up. watch and grow up. And yeah, it's just we like, grew up literally with them. <laughs> you grow up with them watching that. So uh, pretty impressive, you know. I mean, that I guess if, if Boy Meets World started in 1983, that means Ben was, yeah, literally about 13 when that show would have aired. So um pretty neat to think of that and then of course his brother fred savage was this great kid actor star of the wonder years oh yeah and of course a lot of us will remember him as the the grandson in princess bride immortalized in that film (laughs) yeah so he 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 was quite a big star uh during that time he did a couple other movies and you know he did a lot of voice acting over the years as well wizard little monsters uh you know a bunch of that stuff and then eventually he kind of grew up and now he's he's more he's more in the directing nowadays he still acts occasionally but he's definitely more of a a director uh producer kind of situation and he's done i mean a lot especially with tv he's gone on to uh work a lot in tv so Two really success stories there where you don't see a lot of, uh, 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 as we call, sad child actor uh, corner. Um, we'll get more into that in the second half. Another one we wanted to talk about, Neil Patrick Harris. Uh, well, I, uh, two people, uh, I got to say, kind of the same realm. Think about 
You got Neil Patrick Harris and Rob Lowe. Two people that oh, I think yeah. got to get some notable. First of all, you know, do, you know Doogie Hauser, uh, Neil mm-hmm. Patrick Harris. I mean, to be this kind of brand name during the 80s and uh, to go on and continue to really have such an incredible career, both not only in TV, but film and stage uh, and directing, uh, voice acting. I mean, he has continued just... reinvent you know what i mean it would be years later when he would come with with i think harold and kumar was such a big a big part of a persona he had as kind of the bad boy and the kind of the misogynistic kind of uh jerk oh that's uh, yeah to think think of him like even that and how i met your mother being you know very famous role from as as barney to see that he really has had the fun to play around with his image uh, something that was very different from what he was most known for as a kid. Uh, and it's just shown that he really, he's just been having so much fun getting to play so many different roles. And again, a, a rare success story where he, and not only with TV and film, but also Broadway as well. You know, he's he's always been a musical theater performer and him uh, getting to go back and do a lot of Broadway shows as well. I mean, like what a career he's had. Uh, but of course, if you've never watched Judy Hauser, um, I recommend it because great sitcom, you know, he's a kid doctor. That's brilliant. I mean, what's not to love there, especially if you think about today, there's so many medical dramas. We've had so many medical shows. Yeah, it was it was ahead of its time in a way now that you know, there's so many. But that was, you know, even like I think maybe a little pre ER situation or maybe when the ER was about starting. So Judy Hauser, got to love it. But um, yeah, Rob Lowe, Rob Lowe. I mean, he was part of, of course, you got a lot of those guys. I mean, he was part of the Brat Pack. I mean, you got all those guys, Amelia Estevez and, uh, I mean, Demi Moore. But Rob Lowe, talking about what a career he has, I'm starting at a young age that he, and he does not age. Look, I mean, he has aged so gracefully. He has, yeah. My God. Uh, And he's going on, (laughs) of course, you know, the 90s where he did a lot of comedies from Wayne's World to Tommy Boy and being uh, you know sort of lead, lead lead man but then going into tv with the west wing and then now he's got uh nine nine and he's got a podcast going on so uh keep us on a podcast rob calls yeah uh, <laughs> but yeah and he just and he's just maintained this very likable guy he's very easygoing and just seems like a very approachable good-looking guy it's just it's crazy i have a crush on him apparently <laughs> I mean, who doesn't? Now, to finish off our first half here, again, this is so hard because there's so many to talk about, but we had, of course, bring up, we had to bring up the Culkins. And, you know, most notably, of course, Macaulay Culkin is the most famous of the three, but I'll include here Rory and Kieran because they've, they've also done a lot of work. But looking at Macaulay Culkin, one of the most famous uh, kid actors, especially from that that 90s period where he did so many of these big films you know of course the home alone films are you know to this day still beloved and you know especially around the holiday time but yeah really anytime uh and he was nominated for a golden globe award for best actor uh in the home alone movie so i mean like that's pretty impressive again right there it's always impressive when you see a kid get nominated for something and uh well deserved but you got my girl Richie Rich, the page master, Uncle Buck, man. good son, Uncle Buck, and you know, Uncle Buck was pre Home Alone. I mean, yeah. he's really, he's really young in that one. Uh, but he's so great. I mean, like, he just had this huge, prominent uh career. And I think it's not so much that he he fell from grace, I just think again, this pre kind of uh pre internet, you know, situation, just thinking of. You know, the time that he, you know, got into drugs and he's, you know, he had that kind of, I think when you're that popular and you're that well known and at such a young age and have that kind of income and that success, it probably does play on some people's minds and it it, it can get probably very difficult to, you know, I mean, he's had, he's had a few jail time things and, you know, he, there's been periods of life where you can see him as an adult and you go, Whoa, he does not look good. <laughs> but I think he's kind of coming to a new uh, situation in life. I think he's, he's better off now. He's been doing music stuff and mm-hmm. uh, he has had a few things uh, and we had that great, you know, 
there was, uh, you know, they had kind of a new, uh, it was like an ad for like uh, some kind of, I think it might've been like a Google. It uh, might've been, it was like, a, it was like a Google home or something like an Alexa. Something like that. And it was, yeah, but... it was great because of Joe Pesci and an adult Macaulay Culkin kind of doing a home alone stylized commercial. And, yeah. you know, especially nowadays, you think of, we're getting so many of these things uh, rebranded, re-released. This uh, nostalgia renaissance. Which now, is we know that there is, uh, speaking of kid actors, and we'll definitely get into that more in our second half, but the, the more British-sounding kid from uh, Jojo Rabbit has been uh, joined to a new version of Home Alone, uh, I think under Disney+, Plus. if I'm maybe correct there, if I not. so, yeah. Um, so, again, we don't really know if that really you know how those details are going but i think it'd always be fun if if there is going to be a new home alone or you know a relaunch of home alone if at some point macaulay culkin joe pesci and daniel stern are at least a cameo at some point that would be that would at least give me something because i can get why it's the fun story you know of you know a kid having to take on some crooks and stuff and there's been other sequels but no one will ever do it like macaulay so happy to know at least he seems to be in a better place but he'll never, um, you know, that fame from those movies will live on for forever because he was such a great kid actor. Um, well, Taylor, I think when we come back from the break, we'll be over. We'll, we'll, <laughs> yeah, it'll, time will pass. We're going to get more into kind of more of what's our childhood. Uh, still the 90s and moving on to 2000s. Uh, we're going to get more into that Disney Channel Nickelodeon era where we saw a lot of kid actors that some went on to do some great things and some had a lot of issues. This is where we start to get a little more into the troublesome a bunch. somber, yeah. Yeah. So we'll be right back with some more child actor talk here on the Potential Podcast. We're like a therapy group or something now. Talking. <laughs> I know, with that voice. Yeah. Hi. Tell us how you feel. We'll be back. Hey, Potential Podcast listeners. Let's talk about today's sponsor, Let's Get Checked. Let's Get Checked makes professional health testing easy by letting you get tested without having to visit a healthcare provider. You can order a testing kit that will be delivered to you in discreet packaging. Once your sample arrives in the laboratory, confidential results will be available from your secure online account within two to five days. These results are reviewed by a clinician. And a member of the Let's Get Checked nursing team may call you to review your results. And Let's Get Checked laboratories are CLIA approved and CAP accredited, which are the highest ranking levels of accreditation. So, if you want to avoid an uncomfortable office visit or prefer the convenience and get tested at home, visit trylgc.com potential and get 25% off your test using code Potential 25. Once again, that's 25% off your test by going to trylgc.com slash potential using the promo code potential25. Take charge of your physical health and well-being and let's get checked. And we're back. Oh, wow. I feel, I feel, I feel wiser now. That I was, even it was a short break. It was yeah. like eternity. Now, Taylor, okay, when we were both kids, and again, we're we're very close in age. I'm about yeah. like two years older than you. Thinking of like our childhood, you know, the two big channels, I mean, you can you could throw in Cartoon Network in there as well for more mm -hmm. of the cartoon base, but really Disney Channel and Nickelodeon were the two channels most kids would watch when it comes to watching not only cartoon shows, but sitcom related shows that were on those channels. They were geared more toward, toward us. They're geared more towards kids, especially kids growing up, kids getting into funny, you know, situations and a lot of prominent stars in this time. And also on other, you know, the main channels like Fox or NBC, stuff like that. So first one I want to talk about is looking at Amanda Bynes. So Amanda Bynes, a uh, notable star that came into the Nickelodeon situation. She first got some fame and all that. And then she had her own show, the Amanda Bynes show. And she really became like this huge star through Nickelodeon. And then she got into films and she was, you know, doing a lot. And then she just kind of hits some walls. <laughs> and now she's really kind of 
fallen from grace noel i mean she was you know doing all this stuff and i think she had plenty of success and she got into some big movies and also adult movies you know like she did she did get into like you know she had she's the man hairspray uh easy a and then she got to some couple of uh, animated uh, voiceover work as well mm-hmm. and she was still yeah. continuing to to kill it and then there was just this moment where she's like i'm retiring she just said I- i'm retiring yeah. and she like, said i'm retiring and, and it got into she definitely had uh some mental health problems and uh some of you know drug abuse problems and she uh apparently was announced at some point uh bipolar disorder and so just sad to see that she really did fall from grace uh and the last thing that she really acted in was easy a in 2010 so uh you know she was this huge star that really killed it and it's just sad to see that she uh had such a kind of drop off from that so who knows if we'll ever see her act again but uh yeah apparently from you know and she's not that old i mean she's only 34 so um yeah amanda Bynes, interesting one there Mm -hmm. and and talking about we were saying this earlier and this is going to be a lot we're not going to be able to cover it all there's not enough time mm-hmm. um that could be maybe next year child actors part two <laughs> but i think we've discussed that a lot of these child actors come from you know family legacies there's a big you know the barry moores and um the howards but you think of uh one one particular family that we got a lot of uh, childhood time growing up. We're talking about Disney Channel. Look at the 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 Maoris. You got Tia mm-hmm. and Tamara Maori. Uh, Milson will be for sister sister and uh, Taj Maori, who uh, we know from Smart Guy. <laughs> He's a smart guy. Yes. Uh, I just saw it was either Tia or Tamara just in a commercial the other day watching the show. Um, they have been working consistently, uh, still to this day. But yeah, they were these were three really notable big stars in in the 90s. Um Sister Sister was a big hit. Uh, you know, of course they are twins. So the idea of of them being sisters that had never met until they were teenagers and kind of that being the show of them learning to be sisters. And then Smart Guy was a really funny show to me because it was about this young kid that was super smart and you know the fish out of water kind of story fish out of water you know uh and then having like you know uh his brother be a little more simple you know minded if you will and like you know the family having to deal with this smart guy and yeah they were this family that were having this huge success and think that it was cool to have you know again a family that were you know all stars you know that's not always you know usually it's like the one kid actor of the family is the one that is getting yeah. all, all the 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 news and the press but it was all of them and well and you see and you know kind of skipping ahead a little slightly but you know going back and we talked about the olsen twins think about i mean now elizabeth olsen she i mean she started young just you know kind of in the background a little bit mm-hmm. but now she is now notably really gone on to to have quite a successful career especially you know being in the marvel films the scarlet witch but uh yeah taj maori that was great i mean he and he's notably gone on to do a lot of voiceover work i mean kim possible and yep. and all these things and it's nice seeing a lot of these these trends where there has been the successful thing where a lot of these kids when they're growing up having early success but then also wanting to go get a degree even if it wasn't an acting or something but wanting to have that you know option to you know do something different because not everyone of these kids went into life choosing to be an actor we gotta always remember that and i think it's it's either part of a legacy because they were discovered or their parents encourage it and it's not it's not I mean, with you chris i mean you personally being a performer this your whole family is not a are performers this is uh this has been your passion from from a young age yeah i'm, I'm kind of like the fish out of the water in my family in <laughs> yeah. terms of that so uh it's i think it is surprising when you see a whole family following the same passion that way um i wanted to before we kind of go on with more of our nickelodeon uh and disney uh you know stars here i did have to mention mara wilson uh who really is you know famous for being this the cute little girl in all these movies uh you know her first movie was mrs doubtfire she was so young so oh, yeah. little mm-hmm. uh at that point 
she was about six when she made that first movie. Yeah. And she's adorable in that movie. But of course, went on to films like Miracle on 34th Street, Matilda, uh, one of my favorites, A Simple Wish, which a lot of people Oh my forget. gosh, I but love Martin that Short. Oh, it is underrated. You put glue <laughs> on my wand? Um, yeah. Nebraska. Great little, you know. But she was this kind of big star and did, you know, this, you know, think of her career. But then she kind of was like, I don't want to continue on to this. And she went on to do school and stuff. But then she became a writer. And um, she has been back into acting in some forms, uh, mostly TV. Uh, so pretty cool to see that she's kind of come back into the fold. Um, but uh, yeah, what a prominent, you know, actress when she was young. And those those few roles, she's really iconic for that. If you, you go back to around the same time, I mean, most, most noble films, we're talking about uh, child actors. Think of a Thora Birch, who we know from mm-hmm. <laughs> Hocus Pocus as the younger sister, Danny. And now she has gone on. She's most notably in the recent season of Walking Dead uh, mm-hmm. that she's gone on, which I was like, oh, my gosh. I know. So it's been really what I find very fun and fascinating is seeing some of these um, actors and actresses as kids come back in adult roles. Where I remember Chris and I here, we talked about this before uh, last year's podcast episode about uh, talking about Dr. Sleep and The Shining. And we were talking about, you know, Henry Thomas. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Uh, who's this guy? Oh, uh, that was Elliot. I'm like, what? <laughs> it just kind of it blows you away to see some of these these performers coming back and and having these amazing uh, where you're like, oh, I know this person, I know that person. So it's so much so much fun. Well, one person I want to talk about next that I think has had a successful career into his adult, but with so many problems and so many issues. Mm-hmm. is Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. Shia LaBeouf for us was the funniest person on the planet as Louis Stevens and even Stevens. This was the kid who was the class clown. We wanted to be him. We wanted to be him. You know, he was pulling pranks on his sister. He was just so funny. And as this person that liked comedy and, you know, that grew into him. He really was a Disney Channel star. He started a few movies for Disney Channel and eventually got into films and of course he grew into the transformers franchise and he did he was this big star and then he just hit this wall and he he you know had problems with drinking and he went to jail and then we had the whole situation where he was like this weird artist where he'd go you know we've had this weird we've had these weird phases of shia labeouf but he's always continued to act and a lot of his adult roles are fascinating. You know, I think of movies like Fury is really good. Mm-hmm. And with the Peanut Butter Falcon was a really strong movie. And then I saw Honey Boy and it all made sense. Yeah. Honey Boy is this movie that he wrote in jail. And it's really this, this touching movie about what it was like when he was a kid working on like even stevens and the fact that he had this really abusive relationship with his father who definitely was jealous of his career and uh you know was a performer himself and you know think that he a lot of things that he would say to his kid to kind of i guess put him down in a way there's a lot of just things that it was it was shocking, and Shia LaBeouf plays his father in the film. It was almost a bit, it was almost a bit of a therapy for him, therapeutic that he went and did that. And you're right, I was blown away by that. It was a a great year for him. Those two films. And I think give a little shout out here to Noah Jupe, who plays uh, who played Shia LaBeouf himself. You know, as the younger version, who of course was great in A Quiet Place and Ford versus Ferrari. Uh, he's been doing a lot of stuff. He's a pretty prominent uh, current. TV star that's young, but uh, yeah, Shia LaBeouf, man. I mean, like, I still love watching him act, but uh, it's like every now and then we just get some weird story about this or you know that happening. It's just like I feel like he's just such in a troubled place that I don't know. But it did seem that like his time in jail, uh, he's really become much more of a quiet, secluded person. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm glad that he's still working, but uh, he definitely you know had that moment of fame went to his head. Well. 
And then you've got the all, and I, we didn't talk about this before, but you're making me think about this. Look at someone, again, we're talking about the performer of the 80s. I got to do a little bit of backtrack. Look at Robert Downey Jr. And he had a very dark oh, time yeah. in his life. Um, most notably, you know, as a young teen in all these great 80s films, um, Less Than Zero and uh, Back to School and uh, Weird Science. And then going on to you know, really have a tough time with drugs and addiction and um, he had a troubled uh, with, relationship with his father. And then to have then 2008 when Iron Man came out and completely revitalized and, and changed and he kind of really changed his whole trajectory. So it, it is good to see the parallels. And I'll, you notice that when child actors are going through that, that you can have those bumps in the road, but you can overcome that. Yeah. It is a battle of wills and it's a battle of support of who you have there. So it, it is nice to see that there are those dark times, but the dark times just make the other days more brighter. Yes, indeed. Um, another one I want to talk about, uh, she's had a great career and, you know, she's still been uh, doing stuff now as uh, Miranda Cosgrove, who first really got her big kind of start in both uh, school rock and as the uh, annoying sister on Drake and Josh. Uh, she became a huge Nickelodeon star, of course, go on to her own show i carly and she's been in the despicable me movies and you know now she's gone on to do a lot more things and she's getting into singing you know she always was a singer and so it's cool to see that she was one that has had a lot of success and hasn't really had major problems it seems and she's been continuing to work to this day and she's always been a really talented actress and you know even then i have to give kind of a shout out thinking of drake and josh you know drake bell and josh peck I mean, you look at those characters, Drake, you know, was someone that also had, he was on the Amanda Bynes show a little bit, the Amanda show, uh, both of them were really, and he would have those kind of funny bits of like, you know, he could play guitar and he could sing. And I, I still, I can always remember Josh Peck. Uh, you remember the movie Snow Day? You remember that movie? <laughs> so, like so he, great. You know, and the thing, you look at someone like Josh Peck, he was notably this huge, like, you know, he was a big, and by big, I mean, he was big sized child actor. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was, what, yeah there's you know? a, lot, a lot of those um, over, over time. And then Drake and And as he worked into Drake and Josh, as that show kept going and he went through puberty, he slimmed down he got taller and slimmed down. And, uh, you know, it, it's cool to see that they, they still have had, uh, they still work to this day. Uh, Drake, most notably more doing music, but still acting every now and then. And, Josh has been acting as well. So upcoming, I know that Josh is doing the series of Turner and Hooch. That's oh, supposed to be for uh, Disney great. Plus, which, you know, again, if you've never seen Turner and Hooch, it's a old Tom Hanks movie. It's a fun kind of cop movie with the dog. So, uh, you know, I'm like, Josh, you know, and he's been doing all the Ice Age movies and, you know, they both been acting pretty well. So uh, good to see that hasn't been a lot of, too much drama there but um i do kind of uh, want to touch on a little bit of uh this kind of goes with two factors because they're both very similar even though there's probably a good two decade difference but look at uh elijah wood and daniel radcliffe two notable stars that you know have both gone on to do these huge fantasy franchises mm -hmm. of course at different times in their life yeah. uh, although they were around the same time filming Elijah Wood, Elijah Wood was this kid actor that did a lot of these movies, you know, North, uh, his most famous first uh, appearance was Back to the Future Part Two, yep. uh, which was always a fun moment when him and uh, uh, Michael J. Fox have that exchange at the video game. And he's like, you have to use that? your hands. That's like a baby's toy. <laughs> yeah, um, he did all these movies as a kid and then he did transfer into adult roles and he's been acting ever since. And to think. Him, you know, even though he's done a lot of great stuff nowadays, uh, really him as Frodo is the pinnacle of like his career in terms of like biggest movies he's ever going to be a part of. And uh, and then you look at someone like Daniel Radcliffe and, you know, we've been talking a little bit when it comes to a uh, servant, Rupert Grint and even uh, Emma Watson, Emma Watson, all three of those kids and a lot of the kids that were in the Harry Potter series, you know, that even itself um to think of that fame with that series for that like 10 year period where those eight movies came out and watching them grow up and 
the think of Daniel Radcliffe, I've seen him on Broadway. The think of the movies he does now, he is really a gifted actor. But you know, you had to kind of go through that process of of finding those those beats and find the you know he was this kid actor that he'd done like maybe two things before Harry Potter, and then to be launched into really this iconic big movie where he's now you know so famous. And it's if you you can watch some interviews with him where he really does kind of talk about that because of that fame, he has had struggles with alcohol. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes it just helps him to block out uh, the amount of people that constantly want selfies. And, you know, and so he's, he said, and this would be like when he was still underage. Uh, so, but it's impressive to see that he has come kind of out of that and he has still had this great career. And we've been watching Rupert Grint on Servant do this really really well done uh, American accent. Uh, like I was blown away. I mean, not very good. Anything. Yeah. And so different from Ron that you're like, you're like, it's so amazing. I think like that's the same actor, but, uh, and you know, there is the famous story of Rupert Grant that he, he took some of his Harry Potter money and he bought an ice cream van. And I think he still owns that and drives it around England every now and then thinking of today, like, you know, of course we still have a lot of kid actors today, but um, one show I think that has quite a pretty impressive cast of young actors is stranger things. Uh, you know, we got Finn Wolfhard, Millie Bobby Brown, Gan Matsu—I always say his name wrong. Gatton Matarazzo. <laughs> I hope that's it. <laughs> Sounds right. like an Italian dish. Um, Caleb McLaughlin. Uh, I mean, you got this—you know, Noah Schnapp, who uh, plays Will. You got these great kid actors playing in this this show that really is an impressive sci-fi dark show with this great sense of humor to it and the nostalgia so i think those are really impressive and we've seen a lot of them act in other things so far and uh just impressive but um think of uh jacob tremblay really has become this kind of uh i think he's kind of in the modern kind of more oscar type if you will uh kid actor he comes from just this incredible sincerity yeah sincerity on screen and in real life and and the body of work he's done already in his short career, I mean, the adult comedies, uh, horror films, um, you know, melodramas, it's just, yeah, it's it's incredible. And I, when I keep seeing pop into things, I mean, we, we most notably in the last, you know, couple of years, we've seen him in uh, The Good Boys, which, you know, really raunchy adult comedy, and then seeing him mm-hmm. in just a little bit of a cameo in Dr. Sleep. And it's like, wow, this kid, like, he is going to go places. Yeah, and he was nominated for screen actors uh for outstanding performance by a male actor and supporting role for room which of course is a that was kind of the big movie that put him on the map uh and wow just a great performance and i think about like another show that was hugely popular uh game of thrones you know that was another one that's you know think of the the time that especially the young uh stark children all were pretty young when that show started especially uh sophie turner Maisie williams um you know, Isaac Hempstead Wright, who played Bran. Um, a lot of those kids were pretty young when that show started. And to think that all they're, they're all pretty much adults now. Um, and that's, a you know, although moments of humor in that show, mm-hmm. um, a very dark adult type fantasy show that uh, just, you know, impressive. So, yeah, just another list of impressive actors that really have, uh, you know, started to go on to do other things oh it's uh, incredible uh, what they've probably mostly they've sophie become. turner i would say has been having the biggest career uh since game of thrones in terms of just the kids mm-hmm. absolutely but when we when we actually I, we were just thinking uh, as we were talking thinking of, of the mighty ducks you know they're a great uh series from our childhood uh which of course has a lot of great actors in it and, you know but thinking of uh one that we've been talking about a little bit is keenan thompson uh keenan thompson who you know again had this Start as a young kid, uh, doing all that was, you know, a great show, that kind of SNL version for kids on Nickelodeon, moving to the Mighty Ducks and other movies, and then eventually shows like, you know, Good Burger, and he had Keenan and Kel. And I think he has had the longest career on SNL to this date. He's been on the show the longest of any cast member. Uh, and to think of the career he's had now, impressive to see that he has continued in comedy. Oh, absolutely. And you know, you look at someone like Kel, who hasn't really had the same legs, even though really of the two, you would think that Keenan was more the straight man. 
and Kel was the goofy buffoon one. Kel Mitchell hasn't really had the same legs as Keenan has, which, I mean, that could go to many things. But uh, another one impressive is Keenan Thompson have such a, a long career starting off as a child. Yeah, absolutely. And you think about, and now he's gone on to got his own show and mm -hmm. he's continued to, I mean, and we're talking about like going back to look at, look at Kenyon Thompson, Elijah Wood, and these guys are only in their forties and they still, what an impressive career they've already had and they continue to have. Um, it's just, it blows me away to see. And of course we can't, we can't talk about every one of these I mean, performers, but I mean, you look at some of these great performers still to this day. I mean, Brad Pitt, he was a, he was a young star, and he's gone on to have this uh, really incredible career. Jason Bateman. Jason, Jason Bateman. Bateman was was a huge you know TV yeah. kid actor. <laughs> oh my gosh, uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, did a lot of movies and and TV shows as a kid, and he really was the breadwinner for his family for a long time. Uh, went on to do a lot of these sitcoms, and then he kind of just stopped working for a while. And to think of the Jason Bateman now, he's had this huge resurgence as this really kind of dry comedic actor who's been and in so many great actor as well i mean you look at from rest of development through all these movies he's done now to ozark where he is he is this incredibly gifted dramatic actor and a director and it's just so impressive to think of he he kind of in a way got a second chance in hollywood and it's been so compelling to see him now compared to even uh his original kind of more cheeky you know kid actor you know days from even you know uh, you know, think he did Teen Wolf too. You know, he did the sequel yeah, to what the Michael What he's very happy about. One sure. of his greatest movies of all time. But um, <laughs> just wow to think of that career right there. And, and and this is the thing is you can kind of go down the list, and there's so many. Again, we can't name everyone in this episode. I mean, we could, but this would be a long one. We're not going to do that. It's it's just amazing to think that quite a bit have had uh, a continued career into their adult lives but then some haven't i mean we we did want to mention um frankie munez you know who was this great kid actor uh malcolm the middle this huge show and he was the star of the show and he did a lot of things for nickelodeon and uh he you know had all these big movies and then he just kind of stopped working because he didn't need to work really i think he he had plenty of money and he got into some drugs and some other issues as some did similar to amanda Bynes, but i don't think it's bad maybe um, but then he kind of, he didn't need to work anymore. He's kind of just been chilling. Yeah. And, and I think, yeah, there's a lot of different pathways. I think we've seen, there's not just one set pathway for a child actor. I mean, you could, I mean, again, look at people, you go from, we talked about Shirley Temple who retired at the age of 22. And then she went on to have a completely different career, um, that, you know, still notable. I mean, it was big and to be an ambassador uh, for these several nations. And then to, to have some of these people like, um, you know, uh, some actors and actresses who will, you know, have a career as child star and then move on to going into maybe just going to school and having more of a suburban lifestyle and they mm -hmm. kind of uh, move away from obscurity. And then there's the some that it's a little bit more rougher. And we've, you know, we talked about and some of those great Disney stars or great, you know, childhood stars that didn't, you know, they kind of really went in the not so great way. And some of them are making comebacks. And we think of some notable ones like Lindsay Lohan, uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Uh, you know, there's a lot of these uh, performers out there that then it, it, it can go either way. And I think it's it's a battle of it's a battle of wills. It's a battle of the support that we have. It's not one size fits all. I think we've seen that really here. And You've got people like Jake Gyllenhaal I mentioned a while back, and I talked about how he is. Look at the career he has had. And uh, it just, you just never know when it comes to being a child performer because it depends on obviously when you start and how you're kind of raised into it because you've got your parents, you've got your family, but then you've got agents who they want the, the best for their careers, not so much theirs. And then you mm -hmm. have those that have a good head on their shoulders and they, they started out young, but they, they're very smart. And we're talking about Stranger Things and all these people that have made great career moves. Millie Bobber Brown has gone on to do, you know, quite a bit. And she's very vocal and she's very, very smart with what she wants to do and accomplish. And it's incredible. It's just really incredible to see the pathways that we can do and like in life, but the life of a child actor, you just never know. Yeah. And I think when you're, when you're a kid, you know, things that you always think about is what would I 
what would I be like if I had a million dollars? You know, like I think some as, as a kid, you always kind of think about like, what if I had all this money and I could do what I want? And for a lot of these kids that do get to hit this kind of level of success and fame, it can come with the price of, uh, you know, do you stay humble? Do you stay grounded? Or do you kind of give into the extremes and go down to more of the dark path, which some have? So always excited to kind of see who has taken it just with a grain of salt and uh, gone on to continue to really work for their craft and those who have kind of given into the uh, the more extreme lifestyle. And we've seen some that have fallen from grace and come back and some have not. So like a phoenix, they rise from the ashes. Then you got some where it's a family affair and then some kind of not become as famous. And then they've got the younger siblings coming out. You got the Olsen twins. You've got the Fannings. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> coming out of the woodwork, but true. Now, I do want to say uh, thank you for listening today to this episode. Again, we always like to kind of mix it up a little bit and uh, bring you new topics each week. Um, We are going to get to some pretty prominent kid actors next week as well. Uh, These two kids started off when they were really young. Uh, They're still working to this day. They're over like they're almost probably uh, they're about 90, 80 years old now. Uh, so they've had a long career, yeah. um, but um, they're really big now. Like, I mean, they're like the size of like buildings. Um, so we're excited to talk about them next week. Uh, they've really grown up. They've gone from rubber to full CGI. Uh, just amazement. So um, <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this little uh, trip uh, down through memory line and uh, to the future of our child actor performers. I cannot wait to dive into next week. Thanks for listening to The Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Potential Podcast or on Twitter at The Potential Pod. Or you can email us. Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email, thepotentialpodcast at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know know your your potential. potential.